I'm Dr. Walter Malone, Jr., founder of WM Ministries. I want to thank you for joining with me for this segment of Tailored to Win, that I might share with you some insights that can inspire, inform, and empower your life. Today, we continue to deal with the question, where is the village? And as we raise that question, where is the village? We're looking at it to say to ourselves, how can we continue to foster the change that is so needed and necessary for the future empowerment of African-American families? We're looking at this question today from this perspective, revolutionary strategies for economic empowerment. And we're looking at it from that angle to talk about what kind of creative visions can we implement so that we can ensure that our families will have a usable future. And so I want to begin this conversation or to begin this idea by sharing with you that the idea of revolution has been a constant theme in the life of the oppressed and those who fight for the liberation of the disadvantaged. To speak of revolution or revolt is considered by many people radical language and activity. These terms still carry negative connotations in our society. When the idea of revolution is expressed, there is the tendency to think in terms of negativism, destruction, killing, peace breakers, animosity, and confusion. However, when the idea of revolution is understood as a vehicle for social change to build and empower the lives of people who have been socially, politically, and economically deprived, it then conveys a positive and purposeful meaning. Revolution in a Christian sense is the end of something, the fulfillment of something, and the beginning of something. If you want to examine the validity of any revolution from a Christian perspective, you must raise three questions. To what does the revolution bring an end? What does the revolution fulfill? And what does the revolution begin? The Constitution of the United States declares, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But this American dream has been realized by only a few. A majority of people live in abundant wealth, while a majority of people live in degrading poverty. Those who live in abundant wealth become disturbed when those who live in degrading poverty speak of revolution and social change because it upsets the status quo. Those who live in degrading poverty are like Ralph Ellison's invisible man. They exist, but others refuse to see them. I am an invisible man. No, I am not a spook like those who haunted Edgar Allan Poe, nor am I one of your Hollywood movie ectoplasms. I am a man of substance, of flesh and bone, fiber and liquids, 
and I might even be said to possess a mind. I am invisible, understand, simply because people refuse to see me. Another term closely related to the idea of revolution and social change is transformation. Transformation is a concept that permeates the biblical record from the Old Testament images of Shalom and the reign of God in Israel to the New Testament church and the kingdom of God. Personal sin and institutionalized sin have distorted God's original design and purpose for creation. Racism, alienation, exploitation, oppression, and social injustice are visible manifestations of how sin has tainted God's created order. Transformation is God's continuing activity in history to restore and redeem a broken humanity. From a theological perspective, the Christian community understands transformation to be at the heart of her mission and purpose for being. The Christian community is to serve as a co-laborer with God in transforming the world from a place of oppressive alienation to liberating solidarity. The ideas of revolution, social change, and transformation were clearly a part of the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was a social activist. He had an agenda for the oppressed. Jesus is presented in many Christian communities as one who is confined to change in human hearts only. The Gospels, however, present Jesus as one who is concerned about changing both human hearts and society as a whole. When Jesus heals the lame man who had been sick for 38 years at the pool of Bethesda, he is not only concerned about the conditions of the lame man, he is also concerned about the conditions of a society that cared more for inhuman laws than for human needs. When Jesus meets a man named Legion who is disturbed in his mind and ostracized from society, Jesus is not only concerned about Legion's mental healing, he is also concerned about changing the attitude of a society that can be comfortable with alienation. In his book, Prophesied Deliverance, an Afro-American Revolutionary Christianity, Cornell West speaks of the value of prophetic Christianity. Prophetic Christianity is revolutionary in its practice in that it declares the right of every individual, regardless of class, country, race, or sex, to reach his or her potentialities. Prophetic Christianity says that every person has the right to experience what it means to be truly human. As a practice of social change, prophetic Christianity seeks to transform a society that expresses economic exploitation and dehumanization. The social vision of prophetic Christianity includes both existential freedom and social freedom. Existential freedom speaks to the sustaining of life and ultimately being delivered from any form of bondage. Social freedom 
is the power to exercise self-realization and the right to participate in a democratic society. The black community as a whole has never accepted a fatalistic mentality. People of African descent have always lived with a sense of hope. We understand our potential for collective power. The visions of social change and constructive revolution have enabled the black community to survive and to continue to struggle for justice and equality. Theodore Walker Jr. calls the importance of the church's involvement in economic empowerment programs the ethics of breaking bread. Bread is a symbol for the various resources that provide for a wholesome social existence. The ethic of breaking bread is not concerned with paternalistic handouts or trickle-down leftovers. The ethic of breaking bread is chiefly concerned with changing the conditions that create economic deprivation. According to Walker, both private and public sectors of society have a responsibility to participate in the ethics of breaking bread. We do ourselves an injustice as a community if we fail to continue in the heritage of self-determination, seeking to utilize our own resources for economic liberation. The question that can be raised is what ought we as African-Americans in the USA do with the resources that we control in order to contribute to the comprehensive empowerment of all the people. The problems of economic and social injustice are the products produced by oppression. Mankind has the capability of practicing humanization or dehumanization. Humanization is the act whereby we seek to enhance the lives of others so they can experience what it means to be fully human. Dehumanization is the act whereby we seek to restrict the basic resources of life from others, thus reducing people to objects. The reality of oppression exists because too often people have chosen the practice of dehumanization. If visions for economic empowerment are to be born, and fully realized in the black community, then there must be what Paulo Ferrari calls the pedagogy of the oppressed. This is the process by which we educate people not to accept the conditions prescribed for them by others. Those who act as oppressors and practice economic exploitation want the oppressed to believe that they were created to live in ghettos they are inherently limited in their intellectual capability and their limited economic resources is due to their own laziness. When this perception of reality is accepted by the oppressed, they will exercise self-deprecation and oftentimes be fearful of the revolutionary ideas of freedom. The pedagogy of the oppressed is the process of educating people to see for themselves that the oppressor's prescribed reality is a false reality. 
Therefore, the purpose of the pedagogy is not to take the oppressor's place, for the oppressor does not represent what it means to be fully human. This educational process is a vital part of any vision for economic empowerment because people in oppressive conditions must have their consciousness raised to fight for justice. As an educational process, the pedagogy of the oppressed is characterized by dialogue. According to Paulo Ferrari, true dialogue can only exist when the elements of a profound love for the world and man, faith in man's vocation to be more fully human, humility, hope, and the willingness to engage in critical thinking are present. We pray to God that we would continue to engage in critical thinking. We pray to God that we would take serious the revelation given to us in the Bible, the word of God. We pray that we would seek the wisdom that God is more than able to pour into our hearts and give us the inspiration to see people as God sees people, that we might love all persons, whatever their ethnicity is, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, rich, poor, learned, or unlearned, but that we would create, again, what Martin Luther King Jr. spoke of as the beloved community, so that every person can experience what it means to be truly human. And so as we have raised the question now several times, where is the village? Let's not continue to talk about the village, but God help us to be the village. And we thank God for the ministry that God has entrusted to the church collectively and the ministry that God has called us to individually to love the least of these and to take on the mindset of Christ where we become incarnationally involved in the lives of those who are poor and marginalized, that we might help them to understand what it means to be truly human in the world in which we live. I pray God's greatest and God's choice blessings upon your life, and might you continue to have a blessed day in the Lord. And I pray that what I have shared with you even today has helped to be a word of encouragement and a word of inspiration. God bless. Mm -hmm.